rebelled against God. God had a plan in place, a plan that would change us for all of eternity, pay for our sin, because God loves you and he loves me. Now I want to talk about how Easter changes everything today, changes everything. And with that in mind, let's have a word of prayer as we talk to our Heavenly Father. Father, thank you for sending your Son to die on the cross for us. Thank you, Lord, that you are right here with us right now. And I pray, God, that as we open up your word, that we would open up our hearts to you as well. Lord, we're uh, amazed at who you are. You're an awesome God. And we pray this in the matchless name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, the bottom line of what I'm talking about today is this. The centerpiece of human history is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If somebody asks you today, what is the greatest event that ever happened on this planet? The answer would be the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It changes everything. It was God's plan to redeem a world that had rebelled against him. And God sent his very best. He sent his only son. And the centerpiece of human history is that amazing day when Jesus rose from the dead, which made his life unique and gave his message unparalleled authority. I tell people all the time when I talk to them about my faith in Christ, I want to follow the guy who rose again from the dead. I'm not going to follow somebody who's going to say something different than Jesus and will die and stay dead. I'm going to follow the guy that rose again from the dead after being nailed to a piece of wood, hanging there for six hours, and he rose in triumph and strength and victory. That's the person I'm following. That's the person I dedicate my life to and my eternity to. See, he gave his life a uniqueness like no other person that ever walked on the planet and has gave his message unparalleled authority that what he said, my friends, is true. That he truly does have power over death. It was a real event that happened in Israel in a place called Jerusalem when Jesus, after three days in the tomb, rose again. Let me share with you one of the passages that talk about the resurrection. It says this, now, after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone. I love this. And sat on it. And he just rolled back that 2,000-pound stone and sat on top of it. What did he look like? The Bible tells us. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards that were guarding the tomb, by the way, trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women who were there, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen just as he said. I love the gospel that puts it this way. Why do you seek the living among the dead, right? Jesus is not here. He is alive. But not all believed it at first, right? Even some of his disciples doubted. One of them was a guy by the name of Doubting Thomas. Wouldn't you hate to have that name for the rest of eternity? Oh, there's uh, we're in heaven. You know, there's Doubting Thomas's mansion over there. That's, that's where Doubting Thomas lives. I would hate to have that name, but he was a doubter like you to open your Bibles to John chapter 20. This is an amazing account of Jesus' encounter with one of his disciples, a man that had been with Jesus for three years, a man that saw Jesus raise Lazarus from the dead, a man that Thomas 
saw Jesus walking on water. Let me read the passage. John chapter 20, verse 24, it says this. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, is after the resurrection, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But Thomas said to them, now listen to this, unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails and place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side, you know, the side that was pierced by the spear, I will, here it is, never believe. I've had people say to me, well, Pastor Mel, uh, you know, the disciples saw Jesus alive. It was a hallucination. They wanted so badly to see Jesus alive. They were hallucinating. Not Thomas. Thomas said, unless I stick my finger in the nail print of his hands, I will never believe. Eight days later, the disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Thomas, you loser. I have been with you for three years, and this is how you treat me. Is that what he said? No. <laughs> he should have, right? Uh, Thomas, well, are you kidding me, Thomas? He doesn't treat him like that. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands. Put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my what? My God. By the way, this is a great verse for the deity of Christ. There are those people out there who want to tell you, Oh, Jesus was a good teacher, he's a good man, but he wasn't God. This is just one of the many verses you can turn to and say, What about when Thomas said, My Lord and my God? If Jesus was not God, he should have said, Oh, Thomas, you're overreacting. You're overreacting. This is way over the top. I'm not God. Jesus didn't say that because he was God in flesh, because he was the only one worthy to take the sins of the entire world. Why? Because his life had infinite value. When he died on the cross, he was that lamb of God. No one took Jesus' life from him. He gave it for you and for me out of love for us. Jesus said a greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. And then he said this, and you are my friends. Thomas says, my Lord and my God. And then Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. Who are those people, by the way? Us, right? You are blessed today. If you have taken what I consider a very small step of faith and believe that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. Here's one thing I want you to remember as we look at this passage. Number one, it's this. Jesus invites us to examine the evidence. Jesus is not afraid of the evidence. He stands in front of Thomas and says, okay, Thomas, here's the evidence. And just the fact that Jesus knew exactly what Thomas said. He didn't have to ask Thomas. He knew exactly what Thomas had said. Hey, come here, Thomas. Place your finger in my hand. Place your hand in my side. Jesus is not afraid of the evidence, and I hope you're not as well. I get a little bit tired of people that look at me like I've thrown my brains out because I believe that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. When the evidence is so powerful, let me just give you some of the evidence that's out there. Number one, very simply but powerful evidence, it's this, the empty tomb. If the tomb was not empty, Jesus did not rise from the dead. 
But the fact is the tomb was empty. The Romans, if they, if, if they knew what was happening, they would, of course, stop this rumor that Jesus had risen from the dead. They would produce the body. So would the Jewish leaders. Hey, get the body of Jesus out of the tomb. But here's the reality. They couldn't produce it because Jesus had risen from the dead. Now, if I said to you, John F. Kennedy rose from the dead, you'd say, Mel, you're a fool. Down, go down to Washington, D.C. There's his grave. There, his body's inside. He never rose from the dead. No one ever saw him risen from the dead. There's no evidence like that. Peter and the apostles were preaching Jesus risen from the dead less than one mile from his empty tomb, and thousands came to faith in Christ. Here's the second piece of evidence. It's this. More than 500 people saw him alive after his resurrection. 500 witnesses plus. That means if you were an investigator and you were going to interview everyone that saw Jesus alive and you gave each person only 15 minutes to tell their story. Let's say you started tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock and went for 24 hours straight, not stopping. You would start at Monday at 8 a.m., go through all of Monday, all of Tuesday, 24 hours, all of Wednesday, all of Thursday, all of Friday, into Saturday before you got to the last eyewitness that saw Jesus alive. Peter writes, I'm sorry, Paul writes in 1 Corinthians, he says this, and many of them are still alive. Paul begging people, go talk to them even now. They'll tell you the same thing. They saw Jesus alive after his resurrection. Here's another powerful piece of evidence. The changed disciples. You remember after the crucifixion, they were afraid. They were trembling. They thought they might be next. They were in the locked upper room, afraid to come out. But when they met the risen Jesus, their lives changed. They not only found something worth living for, but worth dying for. They were bold about their faith. Peter, who denied Christ three times in front of a servant girl at the courtyard of the temple, stood up in Jerusalem in front of thousands of people that had gathered and preached about Jesus risen from the dead. 3,000 came to faith his first sermon, 5,000 the next, and the church explodes in numbers in Jerusalem. But beyond that, these disciples were not only changed by their boldness, but each one of them gave their lives for what they knew happened. Each one of them, of the 12 disciples, you know, Judas replaced by another person, those 12 disciples, each of them died a martyr's death. In fact, it was so common to die for Jesus when you gave testimony of faith in him that the Greek word martyreo, which means witness, ultimately became the same word that we now use for someone who dies for their faith, martyr. Because people who gave their testimony of faith in Christ often were killed for it. Every one of the 12 disciples died a horrific death. Not one recanted. If Jesus had not risen from the dead, the disciples would have known it. They would have known it was a lie. But not one recanted, not one turned, Nowhere else in human history will you find 12 people dying horrific deaths, like Peter, crucified upside down because he didn't feel worthy to die like his Savior, Jesus. Others who were beheaded, others who were killed by arrows, by the sword, horrific deaths because they believed 
in Jesus, not one recanted. Nowhere else in human history will we find 12 people who knew something was a lie, and they knew it, and they died horrific deaths. What does that tell us? It wasn't a lie. The disciples were willing to die for what they knew really happened on that first Easter Sunday. Jesus came alive again. He truly does have power over death. And then, of course, the massive church growth. Historians will tell you, if you read about this, how did the church start? There wasn't an army marching into Jerusalem that said, believe in Jesus or die. In fact, it was just the opposite. If you believe in Jesus, you might die, but thousands believed anyway. And the church exploded in numbers and led to a history of changed lives throughout time by the power of God. You know, you don't have to just take my word. There are some uh, noted historians that believe the same way. I could give you many quotes of famous historians have, who have concluded that the resurrection of Christ by the evidence that's there truly happened. I'll just give you a couple. One of the most famous British scholars by the name of Brooke Foss Westcott wrote this, taking all the evidence together. It is not too much to say that there is no historic incident better or more variously supported than the resurrection of Christ. Another famous scholar by the name of Thomas Arnold he was a historical scholar at Oxford University, wrote the three-volume set, The History of Rome. I mean, his whole life was about evaluating events of antiquity. This is what he said. I have for many years studied the histories of other times and examined and weighed the evidence of those who have written about them. And I know of no one fact in the history of mankind which is proved by better and fuller evidence that that Christ died and rose again from the dead. If he did, my friends, it changes everything. If, it, if he did, we finally have a message here on this earth that has authority. If he did rise from the dead, then you are wise to say, I will put my faith and trust in Jesus. Nowhere else. Second thing I want you to remember is this. Jesus reminds us of his unique one and only status in human history. Uh, the Bible says, for God so loved the world, this is what Jesus said, that he gave his one and only son that died on the cross and rose again just like he predicted. All the prophecies about him, the message which is so different than any other message on this planet. For example, if you ask somebody this question, which I ask people often when I meet them, if you stood before God and God said, why should I let you into heaven? What would you say? The number one answer on the board always is what? I'm a good person, God. I deserve heaven. The problem is it goes totally against the message of Jesus. The problem is it goes totally against what the whole purpose of the cross was. It's not about our good works. Here's the problem. We have a sin that the Bible says all have sin and fall short of God's glory. We cannot, as sinful beings, enter into the presence of God. We would be destroyed. Our sins needed to be paid for by the justice of God. So he sent his one and only son, prophecies all throughout the Old Testament. We talked about it last week. I won't do it again this week. But the amazing prophecies that pointed to Jesus and the prophecies that he fulfilled, his one and only status as the God-man, he made a way. You know, you probably uh, heard about the fire in Notre Dame in Paris 
this past week, how uh, it was almost destroyed. All of us were just sickened by it. Well, my family, my wife works for American Airlines, so we can fly anywhere for free. And a couple of years ago, we took a trip to Paris, and one of our goals was to see the Notre Dame Cathedral. So beautiful. We wanted to get inside and see it. I was excited about this trip just for that reason, to see the Notre Dame Cathedral. And sure enough, we flew there as a family, and we made it to the cathedral. There we are standing in front of the Notre Dame Cathedral. We wanted to go inside and learn the history of this amazing cathedral. The problem was, right before we left, I was playing basketball with my sons, and I tore my Achilles tendon. In fact, Brennan sitting over here was covering me, and Brennan, you fouled me on the play, by the way. You fouled me on that play when I tore my Achilles. And so I couldn't really walk, and it was getting worse. My leg was swelling. So I quickly went online and bought this little scooter. You can see a picture of it there. I used that scooter on the left, you know, those knee scooters, to scoot around. The problem was, in Paris, they didn't know what that thing was. They, they looked at me like, what is this grown guy doing on this junior high scooter? What is that all about? I didn't see one other scooter like it. And wherever I went, initially people would give me problems like, what, what is that? What do you do? No scooter. And even when I went to this museum, I realized that after I looked at the picture, when I was got to getting a picture in front of this statue, um, it, you can see the gesture that this statue has. It was almost as if the statue was saying to me, please take your silly scooter and exit immediately to my right. Get that scooter out of this museum. People looked at me like, what are you doing with that thing? Well, this is what happened. When we got to Notre Dame, my family was in front of me. All of them went in past security. But when I wheeled up to the security guard, he looked at me like confused and looked at my scooter and goes, oh, no, 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 no. And I'm like, my Achilles tendon is torn. I can't, no, 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 you stay, no, we, no, no, Notre Dame. He probably turned to his friend and goes, Francois, can you believe this idiot American on the silly scooter? He wouldn't let me in. So my family's inside enjoying the Notre Dame Cathedral, and I am outside in the cold Parisian air. But then I noticed that there was another door that people were going into the cathedral, and I thought, i got to present this differently. I had my shoes on at the time when I first approached, so this time I took off my shoe, stuffed it in my coat, rolled up my pants. I had a white sock on, and I rolled up to the security guard at the other door. And I rolled up, and I looked at him, and in my best, best French, I said this to him, Owie! Owie! And he goes, Owie? And I said, Wee, wee, Owie! And to my amazement, the guard had mercy on me and let me in. I was joined with my family. We went inside the Notre Dame Cathedral. We saw this amazing place. I loved it. I saw the, the little sights in there. I even left a suggestion. You may want to think about putting a sprinkler system, by the way, in this building. But anyway, so it was a fantastic time. But this guard gave me a way in. And I want to tell you, all of us have a hurt. All of us have a sin debt. And God, in his love, in his mercy, made a way for us to come in. He sent his son to die on the cross for you. The question is, do you believe it? Do you believe it today? That's exactly what Thomas was called to do by Jesus 
Here's the third thing. Jesus calls us to place our faith, and faith is a life-changing belief. It's saying, you know what? I'm going to be a follower of Jesus from this day forth because I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for me, that it's an amazing gift that God gives to me. And I want to ask you today, have you made that decision for Jesus Christ? I remember the day it happened to me like it was yesterday. I heard this. I knew I had rebelled against God. And I remember praying a very simple prayer. went like this, Dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. I believe you paid the price for my sins. I put my faith and trust in you, Jesus. I open the door of my life. I invite you into my life. From this day forward, I want to live for you. In Jesus' name. And that day changed everything for me. God's still working on me. God's still growing me up to be more like Jesus. He's still doing a construction project on my life. But I want to ask you, have you made that decision? I did a funeral yesterday of a very young man, and I was reminded again how tomorrow is never, ever guaranteed. Today, the Bible says, is the day for you to make that decision. Have you told Jesus? Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for me. Like Thomas, don't disbelieve anymore. Believe. It's a small step of faith. The evidence is powerful that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. And here's the good news. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. For by grace, grace is something that we don't deserve, right? For by grace you've been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. He kind of says the same thing again. It's not something you did. It's not, hey God, I, I did all these good works. I deserve heaven. It's not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not the result of works, so that no one may boast. I'm going to do something that I, I typically do almost every Easter. Is there anyone that has a birthday here today? Anyone? We had someone actually in the first two services that had a birthday today. Anyone have a birthday today? How about tomorrow? Anyone? When's your birthday? The 22nd? What's that? Earth Day. Okay, good. All right. Anybody beat that? Anybody 22nd? All right, listen, man, I have a free gift for you, a free gift. I picked this out myself. It is a beautiful, and don't be in awe of it too much, but a beautiful celebrate Easter together wreath. It's beautiful. I want you to hang it on my door, on your door so I can know I'm always welcome. It says welcome right there. And you have little kids, right, Jordan? So I have a video for you. It's the VeggieTale collection of Easter videos. So here it is, man. It's your birthday. Can, can we clap for him? Happy birthday. Now, Warren, if I hold this out, if I hold this out to Warren and, and he just stands there and never takes it, is it his? No. The moment he receives it, here you go, buddy. Happy birthday. There you go. And here's this video for your, your, your daughter. And uh, the moment he takes it, it's his. By the way, there's an affidavit you need to sign that says, in light of receiving this free gift, you have to wash my car four times. So could you sign that after the service? Now, if I did that, is it a free gift anymore? No. If I told him, hey, this is a free gift for you, but that'll be $20, is it a free gift anymore? No. If I said to him, this is a free gift for you, but that will be one penny that you owe me, is it free anymore? No. That's the amazing grace of God. 
Jesus paid the price. It's paid for. You don't become like Jesus because you're forced to. You become like Jesus because you want to be like him. He laid down his life for you on the cross. There's a video I want to show you right now that just reminds me, I love this video, of the grace of Jesus Christ and what he did for us. It'll show you a woman being healed who's lame, a man who's a leper being healed by Christ, Peter being pulled out of the water when he begins to sink, when he looks at the waves. But more than that, it's a beautiful reminder of the amazing grace of this Lamb of God that we serve. Let's watch this video. And then we'll close. Worthy is the king who conquered the grave. Worthy.
Bible says, Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and dine with him and he with me. Start that relationship with Christ. My prayer would be no one would shut the door in Jesus' face. After seeing what you just saw on the screen and knowing exactly what Jesus did for you, that this God who created you laid down his life for you. I'm going to ask us all to bow our hearts before the Lord this morning on this amazing Easter Sunday. And I want to challenge you to pray a prayer very similar to the one that I prayed that I just shared with you a few minutes ago. You want to tell Jesus, I believe in you, Jesus. I place my faith and trust in you. I believe you died on the cross for me. If that's your desire, pray that prayer in your heart. You don't even have to pray it out loud. Jesus hears your prayers. He's an awesome God. Tell Jesus this in your heart. Dear Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for me. I believe you took my place and paid the price for my sins. Lord, I invite you into my life. I put my faith and trust in you, Jesus. From this day forward, I want to follow you. In Jesus' name. All heads still bowed. No one looking around. But if you prayed that prayer, I'd love to know that. Jesus said, he who acknowledges me before men, I will acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. So I'd like if you prayed that prayer, just be bold about it and put your hand up. I prayed that prayer today. Amen. A number of you. Praise God. Praise God. This is your day. If you prayed that prayer from your heart, this is the day that you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. This is the day when you were adopted into the family of God. This is the day that Jesus said, like he said to Nicodemus, you've been made alive again. You've been born again because you were dead. Now you're alive spiritually. It all happens when you put your faith in Jesus. I want to pray for those that raised their hands today. Lord, thank you for those that made a decision for you this morning. This is their day. And Lord, it brings me back to the time when I made that decision and it changed everything in my life. Lord, I pray for everyone that raised their hand that they would know that that simple act of faith, even like the thief on the cross who said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And you said, today you'll be with me in paradise. That simple act of faith saved that thief on the cross. And Lord, I pray that everyone that raised their hand today would know that they are forgiven receive the free gift of eternal life. And we pray this in the matchless name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So stand together and sing this song. Amen. How great is our God Sing with me How great is our God Oh, we'll see how great How great One other thing, if you 
Bar, raise your hand. There is a new, I love these New Testaments. Uh, this is a gift for you. Inside is a whole bunch of information about how to grow in your faith. Start reading God's Word. This New Testament is amazing. Um, ladies, don't forget to sign up for the Bible study. Please greet one another. There's elders up front to pray with you. And live this Easter. Offer Him. God bless you. We love you. See you on the patio. Oh, sorry, buddy.